0: Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. Good afternoon, Twelvers. It's good to be with you, uh, like always. And uh, my name is Tiam, for those who don't know me. And I'm one of the pastors here at Every Nation Rosebank. If you've been visiting us for the first time, welcome again. And it is so—it's such a joy for us to spend our Sunday with you. Um, we we are busy with a sermon series calling "Swimming Upstream," and uh, today we're going to speak about a topic that really feels to me like swimming upstream. We're going to talk about honor institutions. And uh, we've been on the last four weeks on honor. Honor the word, honor community, honor leadership, and then today we're looking at honor institutions. And it does feel in many ways swimming upstream for me. And I want to tell you a story that happened to me a couple of years ago. Uh, My car was, I was hijacked. And uh, it was pound, and to get my car back, was quite an issue, and after a while, I got it back. I think it took about six weeks. We got our car back, they found it somewhere. An hour later, it's been hijacked, but then it was impound, and it took longer to get them from the impound than they found my car. And this was a hectic story for us. And then we needed to get this car back onto our name because it was reported as stolen, and now we need to get this car back on my name. So in this whole process of struggling, we were still driving around with this car. And the next moment, the policeman stops me. And he came up to my window and he looked and he says, Sir, your disk has expired. Now that had pushed my button too far. <laughs> but the policeman was just doing his job at that moment. But a lot of frustration came because I felt like there was no service. And this poor man just trying to do his job Want to write me a ticket? And I says, man, if you write me a ticket today. And I open the door and he starts running away from me. (laughs) That was the first time I saw a policeman running away from me. But I mean, it was just like, I think all of us had frustrations at some point in time with institutions. But yet, there's a biblical mandate that God says, he says we should honor. And that day was not a great day for me of honoring this poor policeman who just tried to do his job because I was so frustrated. And uh, so today we will look at honoring institutions swimming upstream. And God had to deal with my heart in many ways about institutions. Because it can feel like something separated from the gospel in so many ways. But to be honest with you, we're going to read about this in 1 Peter 2, verse 1 to 17. It's a little bit of a long reading, but I think it's important. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk. That by it you may grow up in salvation. Hmm. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to Him. A living stone rejected by men. By in the sight of God chosen and precious. You yourself, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. To be a holy priesthood. To offer spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture. Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone and precious. And whoever believes in Him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe. But for those who do not believe... The stone that the builders reject has become the cornerstone, and the stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobeyed the word as they were destined to do. But, but, <laughs> oh my goodness, here goes Peter, but, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Once you were a people, but now you are God's people. Sorry, let me read that again. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had... Be subject to the Lord's sakes, to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to the governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Wow. When I read this, it just strikes me about Peter. And it's it just somewhere in Matthew 14, there's an incident incidents where Jesus, where Peter came to Jesus after he was being approached to pay temple tax. And he rushed to Jesus. And he, before he even enters. Like Jesus wrote, read the email. Or read, uh, read the notice. Before Peter walks in. And he says Peter I know exactly what you're going to say. But go down and caught a fish. And inside of its mouth. You will find our taxes. And pay it. And I think. When Peter was writing this. I, I wonder if that incident Might have crossed his mind. How Jesus has responded to authority, how Jesus has responded to institutions and has that shape and make Peter to think the way He did. Because when Jesus when Peter comes to me, he says to him, "He says, "Let us not offend them." Now that is very interesting. Why does Jesus not want to offend them? I think the gospel has already a lot of hurdles itself in people's minds and we need to remove hurdles so that the gospel can impact people's lives and when God asks us to honor He asks us to honor because He wants us to have an open door where we share the gospel even Peter highlights this here he says, so that in the day when God visits them, that they may see God's glory. So today when we focus on honoring institutions, when we talk about institutions, what are we talking about? It's basically five institutions that we're facing or that we, that we think about. And the first one is family. When God asks us, um, us to honor institutions, it's to honor family. It's to honor the, the institution of family, the institution of marriage. It is to honor economy, the economies, religion, education, and the state. Because those things is put in place, as Paul writes, for God to bring order and to guide and to lead us. Funny enough is when I read upon this, it says that millennials uh, are least trusting of others. So when I was reading upon institutions, it says that, you know, millennials is kind of like the group that is least trusting of others. And I can understand in our day and age that we become less and less honoring towards institutions or believe in and trust in them. Because the way it has been run, Brings distrust, breaks down trust. And we look at institutions and says, but it's full of corruption. It is broken. How can it govern us? But yet, it is filled with human beings who are broken, who is in need of God. And therefore, when Jesus, when God asks us to honor, it is so that we can become a beacon to show we are called to keep up the, uh, the, the 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 level the what is the what is the word am I looking for? The standard, there's a thank you to keep up the standard of honor. It says the that millennials, 26% of the study that they've made says that marriage, there's a decline amongst marriage. The recognition, the honor towards the institution of marriage. <laughs> when I saw this one, I thought, well, this is just so us today. The generation of selfies. Have you ever seen it? I mean, we're always taking selfies of ourselves, and we place them and we put them up. When I read this, I read about this young man, quite young, uh, who is one of—he's uh, a stuntman. He took this shell- selfie on the highest tower in London, uh, in, in in New York. But this poor man, by doing his stunts and taking selfies of himself, have pushed it too far, and he fell down a six-foot, bo- a six-level building, and collapsed to his death. That we are so entitled, that we are so self preserved, that we are so self absorbed with ourselves, that we want to just show off ourselves and, and show off. But yet, God asks us to honor. And honor is dying to ourselves in many ways. So, what is honor? What is honor? What does it mean when God asks us to honor? Well, firstly, honor is a foundation. It's a foundation to us as a people. Do you know that God has put it in the Ten Commandments that you should honor your father and your mother? That that is the foundation of humanity? That God would go and put it in the Fifth Commandment and says you should honor your father and mother? Why is it so important that God does it in our infant stages to say you should honor your father and mother? This is a command, it is not an option. <laughs> this is who we are, this is who God called us to be people of honor. And we learn it in our households by the way that we relate to our mothers and fathers. And therefore, honor is something that is very important to God. It is so important that it is the only commandment with a promise attached to it. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be extended. There's a promise attached to this. Why is honor so important to God? Peter writes and he says, "Get rid of malice, deceit, hypocrisy. Those are all signs that the foundation is not strong. Those are all signs that there's something wrong in this foundation that makes us to honor others. Something went wrong somewhere, but you know what? We can still fix this foundation. Foundation of honor. And for God this is important. That he even goes far and says to, that Peter says to us that he has learned from Jesus himself that we should honor all man-made institutions. So honor is not something that we can decide if we want to do it or not. It is a command. And we need to understand that when we think about honor. But I want to highlight what honor is not, and I want to look at what is honor. Because we can look at honor and have a obscure idea of it. Your understanding, my understanding of honor might be completely different. So what is it then? Does it mean that I obey everything? Does it mean I agree to everything? What is does this honor look like? Well, firstly, honor is not me agreeing with everything. Honor does not mean that I agree with everything. My mother, I'm called to honor her. But my mother has got some ideas about religion that is kind of not fitting into the picture of what I see is what God is telling us. And we're not agreeing on the principles that she is highlighting. And this has become a serious thing in our household, but this does not mean that I dishonor my mother. But I cannot agree with the statements that she's hauled to that says that they are a superior grace. I cannot hold to the statements that said that they're from Jewish descendants because I am not. I'm a Gentile. I cannot hold to the principles or that what she wants to tell me to say that I need to bow to everything that she says. That cannot be honor. Honor means that I still honor the position that God has given us, as my mother. I can disagree with her, but I still honor her. I still love her. Honor is not me obeying everything. Now, if I talk about this, we're all adults in this house. When I talk about obeying, men, children, still obey your parents. But it means that I'm an adult And I don't obey everything that my dad says to me because God is absolutely the highest authority that I respond to. I honor God. My dad, when I left school, he said to me, son, I wanted you to to take up a trade. And I did that. I honored my dad and I started to work in a trade. But man, I was so frustrated in it. Because deep down in me, I know God has asked me something else. And I know that I'm called for full-time ministry. But I went and did what my dad asked me to do. Because he was concerned about me. He was concerned about me building a life to get married and to establish myself in life. And I honored that. And I went and do this. In my third year, I went back to my dad. And I says to him, I am so appreciating what you have on your heart for me. But this is not me responding to God. Can you please release me from this, that I can go and do what God has placed on my heart? And my dad, dad, at that moment, with no hesitation, released me. And he says, go do what God asks you to do. I had to honor my dad, but it didn't mean that I had to obey everything that he asked of me. Because it would have made that I miss what God asked me to do. What we also need to know is that honor is not judging. It's not judging if you deserve my honor or not. Honor is an instruction, is a command from God. You know that slogan that says that honor is given, but respect is earned. I'm not judging if people are deserving my honor or not. Honor is something that's given, and I give it. And God asked me to give it. Respect is earned by a life lived well. I respected my dad because he lived a life Wow, He was a man who was married to one wife till the day of his death. He was hardworking. He provided for his family. He walked in the ways of the Lord. I respect him because I looked at his life. I see how he lived. He earned my respect. And I look at my dad and I say, man, I want to be like that man. Honor is a position that God has placed there. And God chose to place moms and dads as positions of honor. And we have no option if we want to or not. Honor is not judging if people deserve my honor or not. Honor is, what is honor dentia? My dad was not a perfect man. My dad was a man who made many mistakes as well. And I can mention all of those mistakes. But honor is forgiving the bad. It is forgiving the bad. Honor is about forgiving the bad things. When we talk about honoring institutions, they make a lot of mistakes, and they will make mistakes. But we must say we forgive. Because there's such a thing as unforgiveness brings us to that place of slander. It brings us to the place of malice. It brings us to the place of deceit and hypocrisy. Honor is about forgiveness, to be able to forgive and to let go. Honor is remembering the good. My son, on my birthday, he and my daughter has the thing that they do as they put on their status. About that person on their birthday and they will put up pictures and they will just make statements of honor. And when it was my birthday, my son did it and I look at these pictures and there's many things that he says. And I look at it and I says, Jesus, I can remember all of the wrong things that I did. But he's remember all of the good things that I do. Honor. Is remembering the good. It is highlighting the good in people, is seeing the good in things. Because we can get down this rabbit hole when we we hold on to offense, when we hold on to the, the wrong in life, that it will take us down a path where we will see no good anymore. In no one. And therefore, we need to forgive the bad. We need to remember the good. Honoring father and mother. And, and I'm talking about honoring father and mother because that's the basis of honor. And if we don't learn it there, we will not be able to honor institutions. We will not be able to honor others. Because that is where God want to lay the foundation is in our childhood. Honoring father and mother means that you serve the Lord. For the Jews, to honor mother and father was not just obeying or doing what their parents asked them to do. It is actually continue the legacy. It was continuing that what I hand over to my children to take and take it further. That is what it means to honor them is to extend the legacy and when we talk about honor it is about us serving the lord for the jew jesus or the cross not not jesus sorry about that one but but god god was the center of their life for them to pass on the traditions to pass on the the religion was, was absolutely an honor. And therefore, honor, when we understand it, is us serving the Lord. I, I remember when I think about this word, honor, serving the Lord. I think about my conversation with my friend John during this week. And we spoke about honor and He highlighted, and he says to me, Tiam, Jesus honored first. He was able to honor first. And he highlighted a few incidents in the Bible where Jesus honored first. But it made me think about a movie that I've seen called Private Ryan. I don't know if you have seen it, Tom Hanks. About this, and it starts off where this old man is walking down this graveyard and is running almost to a grave. And then it moves immediately into the war scene. And we see this whole scene of of him being in war and how this battle is continuing. And then in the end, it ends again with this old man coming at the cross and kneeling at the cross in the graveyard. And then the camera highlights up and it zooms in on the cross and it says John H Muller. And you realize the moment that has happening that the actor who was saving Private Ryan who died on the battlefield doing that is the man in the grave. And then this old man Private Ryan look at his wife and he says to her tell me I've been a good man. Tell me that I honor the legacy of the sacrifice that has been made to me. Honor starts for us by honoring the sacrifice that Jesus did for us. It is serving the Lord. Honor starts by honoring God when we understand what it means to honor God, I know what it means to honor people beside me, beneath me, above me. We become people of honor. And therefore, when John highlighted that to me, it just struck me of how Jesus has honored us Peter writes there, he says, honored are those who believe that He was the cornerstone, precious, who has died for us. Jesus honored us by dying on the cross for us. And who sacrificed His life for us. And we need to ask ourselves, am I live worthy the honor that He showed me? Do I live worthy Of the life and the sacrifice that he made for me. The question is, how do we build a culture of honor? How do we build it? How do we build it as a congregation? How do we build it as a community of believers? We build it by forgiving the bad. We've been speaking over those last four weeks about honoring community, honoring leaders, honoring the word. But how do we do this? As a community, as we walk with one another, we are going to make mistakes. We are going to step on one another's toes. It is to forgive the bad, but remember the good if we want to build a community where there's a culture of honor, we need to embrace the good into one, in one another. And we need to, to, to remember the good. To build a culture of honor. We have to follow the Lord. We have to serve the Lord. We have to show honor to Him. For us to build a culture of honor, we have to die to ourselves. How do we honor institutions? How do we build this culture? By forgiving the bad, by remembering the good, and to serve the Lord why so that they will see your good deeds so that they will see your good deeds we may say institutions does not deserve our honor that's not honor honor is given it's not earned therefore, we need to show honor. Because as we're going to show honor, they will see the excellencies of our God. And on the day of visitation, they will glorify God. We may say in many ways that institutions has not delivered. But the way that we will honor them is by showing honor first. As my friend John has stated. Honor will start with us. As Peter has said in in, in that scripture that we read, he he says, you who were no people are now a people. You who were no nation are now a nation. You are a holy priesthood. What he's saying is you have a different nature. When Peter wrote this, he wrote it to a congregation who had faced by institution persecution. Who died for their lives. For institutions that did not deserve their respect. For institutions where they could have so easily said, you do not deserve my honor. But yet, there's an exhaustion to honor even if it costs your life. And then when these Gentiles, when these Romans started to look around them and see these Christians who were such honoring people, they were saying, surely, let's call them Christians because they look like Christ. Peter is writing, and he says to us, Put away malice. Forget the bad. Put away malice. Put away the deceit. Put away the hypocrisy. Put away the slander. It's because you are a different people. You are a people who are called to honor. Because Christ has honored you by dying on the cross for you. When he left his throne and came down he has laid down his life he left his honor he left his place of honor so that you will be honored and he take up the form of a slave honor is given it's not deserved and whether we want to or not it is a command how will we honor? If you're not happy about how things is run, then it's your time. It's your time to raise your voice. Tomorrow's election day, will you raise your voice? Will you make a difference? Or will you continue slandering? Will you continue being malice? Because you were not happy with the outcome? It is your time to make a difference. When honor, God doesn't mean that you're quiet. Honor does not mean you're quiet. It doesn't mean that you agree. It doesn't mean that you have now the, the opportunity to judge. So, do the right thing. Funny enough is that many of us have become discontent with institutions. We don't believe and we don't trust it anymore. But God says to us, Honor. And part of honor is that we raise our voice. Part of honor is, is that we honor our neighbors enough to say, I will make a difference. I will let my voice hurt as well. Honor things about others as much as I want to self-preserve. The Bible says, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, and all of your soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. Honor means... I love my neighbor as much as I love myself. If we want to see our nation transform, make your voice heard. When Lindsay shared a word this morning, as you feel like God wants to bring breakthrough in someone's life here, I believe this. God wants to bring breakthrough in people's lives. God wants to do a miracle in someone's life today. And I believe you're struggling still with unforgiveness. you holding on to the bad. I believe. Some amongst us that might hold still onto the bad. You lost trust. You're holding on to unforgiveness. But man, God wants to set you free today. I believe that God wants to make a difference in your life today. As Lindsay said, that He wants to set you free. we're all going to stand right now and we're going to pray together. If that is you, well, all eyes are closed. If that is you and says, Tiam, pray with me. I want you to raise your hand. Thank you. See those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We come this morning, and we look at what you've done for us. And you set us free. That you forgive us of so much, Lord. I think of that tale that you were telling of about the king and his subject who came, who owned some money. And when he came into that house or to the king, the king says, pay it. And the, and the subject says, my king, I cannot. I, I don't have it. And the king have let him free. Write out all of his debt. But as so soon as that man walked out, he find a man who owned him far less. And he strangled him. And he grabbed him by the throat and says, You will pay every penny that you owe me. Lord, let us not be like those people who hold on to offense and to the brokenness, but let us be people, oh God, set us free today. Let your power reign in this house. Oh Jesus, let your presence now come and touch lives where there is unforgiveness, oh Lord. Let them sense your forgiveness. Let them experience what you have forgiven them from, O Lord. Set them free, O Lord, from bonds of bondage. May we be people who will remember the good. O Lord, let us always serve you first. If you have unforgiveness in your heart. I want you to take this moment now. I want you to set people free. I want you to make a declaration now to the Lord. This is an action moment that you're going to have to do. I cannot do this on your behalf. Forgiveness is you have to set free. You have to let go. You have to let those people go. And it's you saying, Lord, right now in this moment, I choose, I choose, I choose to forgive. You're not forced. But it's a choice that you have to make. And only you can make it. I want you now, while all the eyes are still closed, just between you and the Lord. You know those offenses. You know the bad that you've been holding on to. To says, God, I choose to let go. I choose to let go. And I believe as you're going to do that, you will find that God is setting you free. The chains will break loose. Father... I pray for courage. I pray for boldness in this house. That people will let go. Set them free, Jesus. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Amen.